Welcome, Wombat Folk and Trolls, Sorcerers and Orcs, to Rated RPG, the fantasy role-playing podcast where we toss dice and have fun adventures with our friends. This is the Valley of Green Gold, episode 14. Oh my goodness, the, the introduction, it has been re-recorded. To keep you on your toes. Maybe our last episode did that. Bunny and Clubhead went off in search of the mayor of Merchant Harbor in episode 13, and Wendell and Silbeth stayed behind at the Hillside Inn. So we're going to follow Wendell and Silbeth now. Just a quick recap, though. The inn is owned and operated by Batima. She's a wombat folk like Wendell. She has a problem, though. A customer was upset that baby birds were chirping in a tree outside of his room, keeping him awake. It was revealed that Batima has no vacant rooms in which to relocate this guy, so Silbeth offered to move the nest. Everybody thought that was a great idea, so the guy left to go get a drink. I should also mention that in episode 12, Silbeth experienced a wild magic surge due to hunger, and she cast fog cloud around the entrance to the inn. Wendell explained it away as a fluke weather event, and that deception seemed to be enough for Batma and her customer. Wendell and Silbeth have two tasks ahead of them. First, move the bird's nest, and then go find lodging elsewhere. But in the meantime, they're finishing up their fruit and nut and meat pies. What kind of meat is in your meat pie, Silva? I asked for lizard pie. We made those a lot in the jungle. You got to use what you have at your disposal. I understand. Well, you guys have uh, almost finished devouring your meat, fruit, and nut pies. You hear the sound of large wing beats. Woof, woof, woof. Nature checks, each of you. Seven. Twenty-two. Wendell, you have this, like the hair on the back of your neck stands up, because this sounds like a predator. Silbeth, you think you recognize the wing beats as, as being that of a large bird, like a large-sized bird. All right. And how close is it? It just seems like whatever it is is landing just outside the door of the inn. When Wendell gets nervous, he starts shaking his butt back and forth, kind of like a, a cat about to strike, you know? Warming up the uh, the butt shields? Yeah, getting ready, getting ready to lash out with the ass if necessary. <laughs> and what do you do, Silva? I'm assuming it's in the middle of this fog cloud, right? Yeah, in the middle of it or on the edge of it. Okay, I am going to sneak out the door and see if I can tell what it is. I say, I'm going to go see if we're in trouble. Uh, wait, Silbeth, why don't we go upstairs to that man's room and look out his window where the where he said the birds are making all that racket? Okay, I'm, I'm not sure if we'll still be able to see anything, but let's go. Batima, can we go into that nasty man's room and try to figure out where the bird sound is coming from? She emerges from the kitchen area and she says, Oh no, dear, you can't let you in his room. It's, uh, that's a security policy in mind. Can't let you in there, but if you go out the back door, there's going to be a tree just to your left, and that's probably where the birds are. Oh, that fog's still there, huh? Yeah, it's a uh, crazy storm. Freak freak weather. Give me a deception check. With advantage, because in a previous episode, Wendell also made a comment to Batima about, oh, weird, the fog just happened. 22. 
so you ended up with a natural 20. Batima maybe just doesn't really know much about science and uh, weather patterns, so she seems to believe you that that's what happened. Yeah. And she shrugs her shoulders and goes back into the kitchen. All right. So, yeah, let's go out the back. I guess I better never use fog cloud in front of her. You can cast that? I can create fog, too. Yes, you are not alone. We are fog friends. (laughs) Ah, well, that's not something I normally can do. It was because of my strong emotions. It just happened. I still don't quite understand it, but I think my emotions leak out as magic. So when you get emotional, you start doing things that you don't understand or don't know you're going to do? Um, not not if I have strong emotions. If, if they keep getting stronger, I, eventually something will happen. Yeah, I guess so. Well, let's try to remain even-keeled for the moment. We don't need any more fog in our life or whatever random things that you create. You're able to study and learn your own spells? Yes, that's right. Wendell whips out the spell book to, to show Silvus. This is where I keep track of my spells. It's all very well organized. Perhaps you need a spell book. I don't learn magic that way. I just know them. Okay, well, don't get angry about it or anything. Oh, I, I won't. I, I think it's fascinating. Oh, good. Fa- being fascinated doesn't uh, elicit emotional reactions? Oh, no. P- positive reactions are fine. I, it's only if I'm experiencing strong negative re- emotions. What if someone tickles you? Uh, that's <laughs> probably fine, unless I don't want it to happen. Okay, well, I'm not going to do it. I'm just asking. In case you ever get tickled, I'll know whether to run away or not. It didn't ever happen when Turley tickled me. Oh, good. Okay. Well, <laughs> we've learned something. <laughs> you've also you've also learned that after you have a wild magic surge, that heightened state of uh, emotional energy dissipates back to zero again. So, at least for right now, yeah, you're super even keeled. And you've eaten, which helped resolve that problem. Yes. So you guys head out ba- out the back door? Yeah. yeah. The hillside inn is sort of dug into the side of a hill, as the name suggests. There are trees and bushes and shrubs and things growing on this hill as well. And one of the trees, as Batima said, just to the left of the door as you exit, is tall enough that its branches reach very close to the window on the second floor. Are we out of the fog now? Yeah, the fog cloud is really just uh, the about 30 feet around in the front of the building. So it takes up in front of the building and out into the street just a little. Both of you give me a perception check. Four. Eight. Silbeth, you have the best chance of spying the nest up in the tree, but the branches are so lush. In fact, you've never seen a tree that is so full of foliage as this one. One of you is probably going to have to climb the tree to find the nest. Silbeth, I have an idea. Yes? I think the only way that we can manage this is if I dig around the roots of the tree and until it falls over dead. That seems a little extreme. Just dig a massive pit and then the uh, tree will fall over and the birds will stop. They can still live in the tree, but it will be farther away from the window. Well, if you think that'll work, go ahead. I, I think... While you're doing that, because it'll probably take a while, I'm I'm going to climb up on the roof and see what that flapping noise was. Oh, you're going up on the roof? Yes. I just want to make sure there's nothing dangerous out front. Did you hear that flapping noise? I did. It scared me. I don't really want to go up on the roof. We might get plucked out of the sky and eaten. Well, I'm sure we can handle our own if, if it comes to that. So are you going up on the hill or are you going to dig under the tree? I'll wait to dig under the tree until after we explore the roof. Perhaps it will be an easy fix. As you guys scramble up the uh, outside of the hillside inn, you both need to give me an athletics check. I got a six. 
two, which is a natural one. <laughs> it almost seems like the grass is a little greasy. Gross. But you can't climb it. Oh, I had a feeling this would happen. I knew we should have just dug the tree out. So you just want to ignore the flapping noise? We'll never get up to the top of that to see what's going on up there. Okay. You're not hearing it anymore. Do we hear any birds? No. Maybe they moved away. Maybe the birds left. Mm, that might be. We don't even have to worry about it. Want to go get a drink? <laughs> okay, let's, let, let's do it. Yes. So as you uh, decide to abandon this uh, quest and uh, walk away from the tree, you hear the chirping of little birds up in the tree. Oh. Wait, I hear them again. It's almost as if they saw you abandoning this promise that you made. <laughs> And they decided that they would intervene. Now do we see Do we see them? You still don't see them, but you hear them somewhere deep within the tree. I think we're going to have to climb the tree, unless there's a ladder around here somewhere. Are you any good at climbing? I mean, I've had to climb my share of trees. I grew up in the jungle. Oh, well, then you've got this. Give me an athletics or acrobatics check. Eight. <laughs> you haven't climbed a tree since you were a little girl, and uh, it's a little trickier than you remember it. All right. This tree is uh, the kind of tree that's big enough around that you can't really get your arms around it to, like, climb it with your arms and legs. You, you struggle to make it to the first set of branches. You're just unable to do it. You keep sliding down. Oh, let me give it a try. I've never done it before, but surely it can't be that difficult. Twelve. All right. Using your wombat claws, you dig into the sides of the tree as much as you can, and you're able to get to the first set of branches, up about ten feet off the ground. I'm doing it. Good job, Wendell. I can climb this tree. Here I go. Seven. The bark has no... It's smooth. It has no grooves in it in which to grab a hold of. Both of you give me a perception check. Sixteen. Eighteen. On the ground, Silbeth, you notice some movement coming around the hillside in. It is something you've never seen before, but it might be something you've heard of before. Give me a nature check. Seventeen. It's a griffin. It's a part bird, part eagle, and part lion. The front half, top, the head is all eagle. It's got eagle's wings, and its front feet are eagle talons. And its back half is that of a lion with powerful back legs and powerful back claws. With that nature check, you always assumed that they were like sort of vicious and unintelligent animals or monstrosities, right? Yes. But this one is approaching you, and you notice it's wearing a brown leather vest. And on that vest is a shiny gold star. Now, meanwhile, as as this griffin is slowly approaching you, Wendell, you're up in the tree, and again, the foliage in this tree is so thick, you can't really see what's happening on the ground underneath the tree. Ooh. But as you look up about 10 feet up in the tree, you don't see a nest, but you see a big knot hole in the tree, uh, big enough to fit your arm in for sure. So we go back to Silbeth. What do you do or what do you say? Do you alert Wendell? I'm going to use my speak with animals ability and see if that works. When you speak with animals, you talk to them in common and they understand you, but then they speak back to you in whatever tweets, clicks, or growls that animal would make and you understand what they're saying. So, you say in common, Hello, noble beast. Are you friendly? To which the griffin replies, Well, howdy. I reckon I'm friendly sometimes. 
Oh, I, I beg your pardon, ma'am. My name is Dandy Griffin. I am the uh, sheriff here in Merchant Harbor. Pleased to make your acquaintance. Well, what'd you say your name was again? Uh, my name is Silbeth Orist. Your name sounds oddly familiar. Yeah, I get that a lot. Uh, well met. You wouldn't happen to know anything about that fog cloud, would you? Um, I'd like to do an insight check on it to see if I'm sensing that it's truly friendly. Yeah, with a 20 on your insight check, you're getting a really pretty genuine vibe, as surprising as that is. Uh, I'm not going to let it know that I'm up here for the moment. I'm going to try to climb up to that hole. Give me another athletics check. 14. Finally, you get your claws into the tree and you climb up and you're able to uh, rest your thick butt on a nice branch right next to this big hole in the tree. Can I peer into the hole? You look into the hole and you can't really tell what it is, but you do see there's something in there. Well, I I can tell you about this fog cloud, but uh, will you keep it confidential? Oh, (laughs) confidential? Why, I'll keep your secret as long as it's not something that's going to endanger people. Uh, I, I am a sorceress, and I accidentally cast a magic fog cloud spell. Well, that's... That certainly is something. Uh, how do you, how do you accidentally cast a spell? Uh, well, sir, have you heard of wild magic? Yeah, I know what wild magic is. My magic is deeply tied to my emotions, and if I have a surge of strong negative emotion, uh, magic flows through me on its own. I'm some sort of conduit, and that is what happened, sir. That is the most peculiar thing I ever heard of. Wow, your emotions caused a wild magic surge. Huh. It can be both a blessing and a curse, sir. I reckon it would be. Are you new here in uh, Merchant Harbor? I haven't seen you before, Silbeth. I unfortunately uh, had to tell the, the Oakcrests uh, that their daughter passed away, and I brought the body home. Oh. She she was my partner. Oh, well, that is terrible news. I'm, I'm dreadfully sorry I ought to pay the Oakcrests a visit and share my condolences with them. I'm sure they'd appreciate that, sir. Meanwhile, up in the tree, uh, Wendell, do you reach into this knothole? Yes. You reach in and you realize there's a leather pouch inside of the, the big knothole in the tree. Uh, you pull it out. Go ahead and roll me two dice, two D100 rolls on the... T- Table of potentially decent random stuff. Uh, let's see, what do we got here? Oh, 12 and a 78. First of all, as you unfurl this uh, leather pouch, and you see there is a note inside, and it says, Congratulations, adventurer, you found some treasure, thanks to us, the Dukes, Turtle and Crow. Oh, oh my gosh, I found treasure in this tree from the Duke's Turtle and Crow. Yeah. I wonder what it is. Well, the first thing that you find is a small brass bell with a loop on top of it that you could tie a string to. A small brass bell. Wait, brass bell that you can do what now? You could tie a string to it. You could, uh, you know, like a little brass bell. You could tie it maybe around a, a cow's neck. Oh, like a cow or something, okay. Got it. Yeah, I mean, it's not its not very big. It's only, you know, it would fit in the palm of your hand. Um, I put it in my hat. You put the bell in your hat, and you realize, oh, there's something else in this uh, leather pouch. Oh, it's a long brown scarf 
that appears to be woven from coarse animal hair. It's incredibly itchy. Well, I have fur, so I wrap it around my neck because it won't itch me. Ah, that is a very good point. So you have this long brown scarf that's incredibly itchy and a small brass belt. Oh, wow. Thank you, Dukes, Turtle, and Crow, wherever you are. I'm sure these items will serve me well. Now, uh, you you hear this conversation continuing down further uh, uh, near the base of the tree, but you have worked pretty hard to get up this high. Yeah, I got to keep going. You hear the birds chirping. It sounds like the nest is within reach, further on the end of a branch. So you crawl out this narrowing branch. Here we go. Seven. You hear the branch start to snap. I need you to make a dexterity saving throw. Eight. You take seven points of falling damage as you land on your head. I almost died. Ah, <laughs> ah, oh, ah. Oh, oh. That tree is dangerous. I don't know. I really hurt myself. Sheriff Griffin, I, I'd like to introduce my friend Wendell the Wombat. <laughs> oh, hello. Are you a griffin? Uh, yes, I am. My name is Dandy Griffin. I'm a sheriff here at Merchant Harbor. Hello, Wendell. Pleasure to meet you. What What on earth were you doing climbing up in that tree? Oh, uh, well, we were tasked with trying to uh, deal with some loud birds in the tree, and... and I was almost there, but then the, the branch broke. Ah, oh, I can see that. I'm going to say that the surprise and instant worry about seeing him fall out of the tree and hurt himself gave me uh, one level of emotion. Thirteen. Yeah, almost immediately uh, after seeing him hit the ground, you realize he's not dead. Maybe that's enough to calm your nerves. Dandy Griffin uh, looks at the both of you and says... Uh, so he, so this little fella here, he's with you then, Silbeth. Yes, on the ship over here from the city of Baxter, a, a, a group of four of us got acquainted with each other and are exploring together. Two, two of them have gone off to talk to the mirror. So there's four of you all together, huh? Yeah, that's right. What, what can you tell me about your reason for being here? I, I'm sorry to intrude, but it's kind of my business to know these things. Well, I, I've told you my reason already, sir, uh, to to bring. Uh, Turley Oakcrest's body back to her parents. Right, right. Uh, and I've come here on a quest for, uh, for learning. I wish to learn. I just want to read a lot of books. Oh, well, there are way better libraries in Baxter from what I understand. Strange that you'd come here to learn, <laughs> but I suppose... Uh, well, Baxter is such a big city. I, I don't really like, um, you know, pe I don't really like... I, I get kind of nervous around large groups of people. You don't have wild magic surges when you get upset, do you? No, no, no. That would be crazy. <laughs> nope. All right. Well, I guess one is more than enough. He looks at Silbeth. Uh, both of you give me an insight check. 15. 21. He's probably a little smarter than he's letting on. He's that folksy kind of person who pretends to be dumb. Yeah, the folksy cop. Yep. What's his name? Dandy Griffin. Dandy. I say, um, we're also looking to perhaps help... Mr. Oakcrest with their dog problem. Oh, tut, tut, tut. That dog problem sure is something I wish I could solve myself. I am just opposed to destroying the dawn animals. We would hope we could find a different way. Well, I wish you best in your quest. Uh, you know, every now and then one of the dogs uh, will, get, will have a litter of puppies and uh, just kind of makes the problem worse. So for every one of them you deal with, uh, there's always going to be more. Uh, what if you castrated all the dogs? No, oh, well, I suppose you'd have your hands full for a while. Like literally. literally. 
Hey, uh, Dandy, I have a question for you. Do you have any experience dealing with uh, bird nests? Uh, now that you mention it, no. Uh, we're trying to figure out how to get a bird nest to, and move it maybe to the other side of the tree or into a different tree. Oh? It's proving to be very difficult. Can you fly? Of course I can fly, son. Oh. Can you hover, sir? Uh, hover? Well, if I hover here, eh, the wind could, you know, blow the nest out of the tree. I don't think any of us want that. No, certainly not. No, we're trying to keep the, the babies alive for sure. Do you happen to know what kind of bird might be living in this tree? Whatever kind they are, they sound like hungry baby birds. Yes. Would you be able to get us a ladder, sir? A ladder? I don't carry a ladder around with me, but, uh, yeah, I can go down to the stables. I know there's one down there. I tell you what, I'll be right back. Thank you, Dandy. Thank you. And he flies down there, and it only takes him a moment. He comes back, he's got a, he's got a ladder in his talons. Uh, it's about ten feet long. Well, here you go. Uh, just make sure it gets back down to the stables when you're done, please. We sure will. I appreciate the help. I've got to go now. I have to investigate a homicide. Oh, homicide? Oh, wow. And he starts flapping his wings, and he takes off. Wow, he just dropped that bomb on us and left. Yeah. I wonder what's happened. I didn't know this would be a, a high-crime island. I'm surprised if there was a homicide that he took such a long time talking to us. <laughs> Maybe he just got the uh, communication from someone just now <laughs> when he was getting the ladder. Oh, telepathy. Do you don't think it was one of our friends? I hope not. I mean... Oh no, do you think that shelf murdered someone? I mean, if any one of the four of us would do it, I would I would assume it would be him <laughs> or it. Well, we better get this nest moved. Do you want to climb up the ladder or should I? Uh, I'll try. I got almost all the way up. I found some stuff in a hole. Oh, really? What did you find? Didn't you notice my new scarf? Oh, I didn't. That looks nice. And I also found this brass bell. It was just in the tree? It was. Would you like it? I'll take a bell, sure. Here, take it, it's yours. If you find some string, you could wrap it around your neck. And maybe it would ding every time you're about to do wild magic. I don't know how that would work, but I... I thanks for the idea. I'll, I'll go climb the ladder. Well, because it's a ladder, I'm not going to have you roll for it. I think if you take your time, you can get up there to that uh, to the branch. And as long as, Silbeth, you stay close to the trunk of the tree, I'm not going to have you make any rolls uh, at this point. But I will want you to make a perception check to see if you can detect where the nest is. All right. 21. Awesome. Since the baby birds are chirping so loudly, you see the nest just above the branch that Wendell broke when he climbed on it. You are going to have to make an athletics or acrobatics check to distribute your weight properly so that you can reach the nest. All right, I'm gonna use Tides of Chaos to give myself advantage. All right, so you take another level of emotion, but you don't have to make a check for that. All right, here we go. With advantage, I got 11. You just barely get out far enough to reach the nest, the branch starts cracking underneath your feet, but you reposition yourself and distribute weight using the other branches, you can reach the nest now. You notice that the baby birds, though, are really starting to freak out because there's this big uh, reptilian sort of looking uh, humanoid very close to them. I'm gonna sort of take like one of my pouches or something and kind of put it a little bit in front of my face so they don't see a big face staring at them. Oh, very clever. I will gingerly pick up the nest and move back to the uh, larger part of the branch. Okay, okay. Give me an animal handling check. 
10. Okay, I'm going to give you advantage on that because I really liked that idea of, of hiding your face so that they don't see that predatory thing. So with advantage, what you get? 21. <laughs> All right. Calmly and slowly, you get the nest, and none of the baby birds fall out or jump out, and you are able to reposition the nest into any other branch nearby. I'll try to find the safest spot that is the farthest away from the window. You're able to find a good spot far away from the window. Have I noticed mom or dad lurking about? Just as you position the nest in a brand new spot, you see two brown birds. They're the size of robins, smaller than crows. We'll put it that way. And uh, they both swoop in. Instead of squawking and screeching at you, though, they start shouting insults at you. (laughs) Both of you give me a nature check. As Wendell, you're looking up, you're seeing this, and you're hearing this. Seven. You have no idea what kind of birds these are. You've never experienced such a thing before, but one of the birds screams at you, Silbeth, you're just a pugly little knave. <laughs> and the other bird squawks <laughs> at Wendell down on the ground, you've got arms like soggy noodles. <laughs> Come down here and say that. I'll show you noodles. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't. It just continues to hide in the foliage. Both of you give me wisdom saving throws. 22. Seven. No, I'm sorry, 11. Okay. <laughs> Silbeth, you take one point of psychic damage as that insult really stung. It was vicious. These birds sound like Wallace Shawn. <laughs> yeah. You're just a pugly little knave. <laughs> yeah, you take one point of psychic damage, and honestly, that you were not expecting that. The shock of that and having such a stinging insult... Uh, you take another level of emotional charge. You're up to three now. I need you to roll a d20. Okay. 18. What a shock. This small bird just insulted you to your core. You took a point of damage, but at this point, like, hey, you got the nest where you need it. You can exit the tree. Good thing I wasn't offended by that or I would have died. I- I'm not feeling too well, honestly, but um, yeah, let's just be careful because if I slip on a rock, I could, I could end it all. Yeah, I feel very rattled by that and just surprised, but I, I like, raise my hands a little bit, I back away from the nest, and I slowly cr- climb down the tree. Yeah, you're able to do that without any rolls, without any problems. You get to the base of the tree, the birds uh, just threw those two insults at you, and then they realize that their babies are, are safe, and they're feeding them worms or whatever they're doing up there. And so you guys have completed this mission. Wow. Congratulations. You guys have the ladder there. Uh, Do you want to go in and talk to Batima? Do you want to take the ladder back? You also have to go find a room. Maybe I should go talk to Batima and see if she has anything that can help me feel better. If you want to just stay at the inn, I can take the ladder back and come back. Well, before you go, Silbeth, you remember that a long time ago when you were in the uh, jungle as a child, you found a luscious fruit pie in an old moldy treasure chest in the jungle when you were a child, years and years ago now. You've never gotten rid of that, and it's never gone bad. It's always just remained this luscious fruit pie. It occurs to you like, oh, maybe that's uh, something that Wendell could eat and it would heal him. Yeah, I, I must realize it has magical powers by now. Yeah, because it hasn't rotted. Yeah. I, I found this when I was a child and I think it might have healing properties. Would you like it? Oh, wow. A magic pie? 
for me? That you've had since you were a child? Yes. This is, this is, it's too much. Are you sure you want to give it to me? I've never had a, a major reason to use it. Uh, I don't have a particular attachment to it, so sure, go ahead. Okay, thank you. I chomp it down. It tastes like a, like a really muted strawberry. Maybe there's some nuts in there. You're not really sure. It tastes fine. It's pretty juicy and luscious, as described. Uh, roll 2d4 plus 2. A uh, total of 5. Okay. Well, thank goodness it isn't cursed. All right. <laughs> it is a healing fruit pie that you just ate, and you heal 5 hit points. Oh, wow. That was delicious. I feel better already. <laughs> I feel like I could return a ladder. <laughs> well, I'm I'm glad I could help. You look much better. That that bruise is, is starting to heal already. Yeah, I feel great. I feel invigorated. Yeah, for a minute there, it was like uh, you got hit on the head, and then like that the bump raised up on the top of your head, and your top hat went up an inch. <laughs> Remind me to never climb a tree again. I don't know why anyone would ever do that. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that your kind is suited to that. No, certainly not. We stick near the ground for a reason. How tall are you, by the way? Um, like how tall are you, and how much do you weigh? Do you know that? He's about three feet tall. Uh, you weigh about 80 pounds. Yeah. yeah. I don't weigh that much more than you, actually. I'm 5'2 and weigh 125. Hmm. So uh, you guys are going to take the ladder back. I was going to say, we don't necessarily know where the stables are unless we passed them before. Um, let's go ask Fatima where the stables are, shall we? Yes. I'll just whip inside and ask her. You stay here and guard the ladder. We don't want anyone walking off with it. All right, cool. Fatima, we've done it. We moved the bird nest. Oh, you moved the bird nest, did you? Yes. Did they get you with their words, did they? Oh, yeah. Well, they t- they called my arms noodles, but it uh, didn't affect me. Uh, my arms don't look like noodles. It doesn't even make sense. Well, I'm glad you survived it. I should have warned you about them. They're called squabbles. Squab- squabbles or squabbles? Squabbles. Squabbles. Yeah, that's what I said. Right. Okay. Uh, squabbles. Uh, they're mean, but... Um, we saved their kids and moved them away, so hopefully that man won't be angry anymore. Well, aren't you a sweetheart? Sure, I almost died doing it, but no problem. Where's the stables? Oh, they're all the way down the south end of town. I gotta go down there anyway. Uh, What do you need? Oh, you're going down there? Yeah, what do you need? Well, we have to return a ladder that we used to fix the bird problem. Well, I could do that for you if you want. Oh, that would be great. You guys said you needed a room, right? That's right. We do need a room. Yes. Do you have to help us? Well, I don't have one here, but I, I have one to recommend. We were already recommend Rokan's respite. Yeah, that's true. She already recommended Rokan's respite. She says uh, there are other places in town that you can get a room, but I wanted to warn you not to go to them because. Uh, well, one of them's way too fancy for you, probably, and the other one is, uh, not very safe, I'm afraid. Uh, the Greasy Lizard, he's only got a couple of rooms, but, uh, I'd tell you not to go there if you, if you were looking. Hmm, yeah, sounds like Rokan's Respite is the place to go. Is that on the way down to the stables at all? Uh, I guess. I mean, the stables are on the south side of town, and, and, uh, Rokan's Respite would be kind of on the way there. Oh, all right. Well, maybe you could just, uh, if you could guide us, maybe, and, uh, tell us where to go. We're, we're new, you know, so we don't really know our way around. All right, you guys carry the ladder, and I'll show you where to go. You got it. By this time, the fog cloud has gone away. You uh, walk through the Merchant Harbor Town Square, and in the town square, there's a big gazebo on the north end. It's a, a nice wooden structure, very large, and in the middle of that structure, there appears to be a bulletin board. You see a couple of pieces of paper 
tacked to it, kind of flittering in the wind. Further south in the town square, you see a large oak tree. There are benches and there are a few well-tended flower beds around the outside of this space as well. You keep walking toward the south side of town. You walk past an open lot that looks like it was something at one point in time, but now it's just overgrown with huge bushes. Further down the street, you see a really small building. It's made of stone and it appears to be whitewashed or completely painted white, like almost gleaming white. There's windows in the front of it, but there are thick white curtains drawn so you can't see anything in the building. And then another very small, modest building with a sign in front of it that says Rokan's Respite on it. Aha, this looks like the place. Yeah, she says, oh, well, here we are at Rokan's Respite. You can get yourself a room there, I hope, and um, I'll take this ladder down the rest of the way. Oh, thank you so much. You've been very helpful. Your pie is d delightful. We'll be back sometime for more. I'm glad to meet you, and I hope to see you again. Yes. Thank you, Betima. Should we go into the respite? Yes, we better find a room, I suppose. You open up the door, the front door, to Rokan's respite, a, a small one-story building that's really not much more than a glorified cabin. The smell of spilled spirits and stale beer hits your sinuses. You smell uh, tobacco and maybe other substances that have been burned in here at some point. There's a small bar with four bar stools, and there's a few tables in the middle of the floor, a couple of small tables against the wall. There appears to be a small stage in the corner, and behind the bar, I can only describe them as uh, riffraff from a uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show, right? <laughs> okay. A, but a half-elf. There's nobody else in the place right now. All right. Uh, but he sees you come in, and he goes, Oi, mate, I'll be right with ya. And he goes back to washing mugs. Sit down at the bar? Yeah, I'll do that too. Give me a perception check, both of you. 11. 21. Uh, Wendell, you don't necessarily notice this, uh, but Silbeth, you realize the, the reason he was washing mugs is that it looks like he might only have like six of them. Okay. Like for the whole place. So he washes these, uh, these mugs and they're all different sizes and made of different materials and... He's wearing regular breeches and this black leather vest with no shirt underneath. And he is grizzled. This guy, for a half-elf, like, he looks like he's been around way longer than most half-elves would be. Hello there, ma'am. What can I get for you? Welcome to Rokan's Respite. Uh, hello. My name is Silbeth. This is my friend Wendell. Oh! We are looking for a, a room for four. I thought you were bad to me. Oh, uh, no. Uh, she's also a wombat folk, but, um, I'm, um, man, and she's a woman. <laughs> Obviously. Ah, uh, sorry about that, mate. Uh, what can I get for you? Sorry, I got confused about me. We, we need a place for four people to stay. Four people to stay? Yeah, well, as uh, you're in luck, I just happen to have two rooms. That works for me. How about you, Wendell? Well, yes, two rooms. That sounds good. Um, Silbeth, do you have any money? Um, I, without, uh, having the bartender hear us, I, I'm down to, uh, my last gold piece. Uh, okay. Maybe that'll be enough, though. Yeah, maybe that'll be enough. Uh, how, how much are the rooms, sir? 
Well, I'm proud to say I'm the most affordable inn in Merchant Harbor. So it's going to cost you two silver a night per room. And if you're going to stay more than three nights, I might give you a bit of a discount then. Oh, that's very reasonable. A discount. Excellent. Well, certainly we will take both rooms then. Consider us your, uh, your new... Customers? Customers. Yes, that's us. One night then? Would you give us uh, a week for a gold piece? A week is seven days, sweetheart. Yes. <laughs> that would normally be a gold and four silver, but you said you'd make a deal for over five nights. That's two silver a night for one room. For one night for two rooms is four silver. For two nights is eight silver. Ten silver in a gold. I, 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 um, the math don't work out. I guess I miscalculated. Give me a persuasion check. I got an eight. He is not persuaded by your argument. Uh, and he says, I'm sorry, I've got a business to run here, sweetheart. Although, uh, my new bard has been drawing in a little bit more of a crowd as of lately. Have you heard of him? What's his name? His name's Argus Hawksong. No, never heard of him. No. He's a hit with the ladies, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, how about three nights for a gold? I can do that. Three nights, I'll give you my two finest rooms. Only got three rooms. One of them is mine, so I think we can make that happen. All right. And if we do want to stay for a week, we could try to find another gold. That's right. You could get yourself a joby job. That's right. Yeah, I saw a bulletin board. Is that where the jobs are? Well, sometimes people post stuff there what ain't jobs, but mostly, yeah, you can find yourself some jobs. <laughs> You notice his black leather vest when he, he turns around, he says, Can I get you something to drink? Do you have dreamberry juice? Dreamberry juice? Ain't never heard of it. In the warmer climes where I am originally from, it was quite common, but that's all right. Well, I got the beer berrying. I got him, uh, his new beer. His new one is called Shell Slider Cider. Tortle Porter. I got that one. Uh, okay, I'll... I'll have a barbarian slider or whatever it's called. Wendell, didn't you just tell me you had no money? Oh, um, I thought it came with the room. No? Does it come with a room? Well, do you take barter? Yeah, what do you got? Uh, let's see. You know, I like the look of that scarf around your neck. Sure gets cold in this vest sometimes. Uh, well, I've just found this scarf and, um, I, I'm loath to give it up in, in case I need it for something. Doesn't it... Seem like a fair trade for uh, one drink to give you a scarf. That's that seems expensive. All right. Well, if you change your mind, I'm always in the always in the market for a scarf. Um, how about a bottle of ink? A bottle of ink. Yeah, in case you need to, you know, uh, write something. Maybe do your books. Uh, I don't really do me books. I don't really write, to be honest with you. Well, you could use the ink for anything. You could write on your chest. You notice that he has tattoos already on his chest and arms. I like your tattoos, sir. They're very becoming. Oh, thank you. Well, I got these back when I was uh, working the road with uh, with me bards. Oh, you used to travel with bards? Oh, yeah. I, I used to work the road with some famous bards. You've heard of them? They're called the Bulet Boys. Bulet Boys. That does sound somehow familiar. I'm not sure if I've heard of them or not. Well, it's because they're dead. <laughs> They're all dead? That's right. What happened? Well, they was killed by a blue dragon. And he shows you a tattoo on his arm of, a, it looks like, three little charred 
bodies and then a big blue dragon that extends across most of his chest. I guess the dragon didn't like music, huh? <laughs> no, he didn't. As, as a matter of fact, he didn't like him at all. He lit him up with electricity, he did. Oh. But I made it out alive. Could we maybe stop talking about death? I recently lost someone. Oh, well, in that case, let's get you a drink. This one's on me. Here's to whoever we lost, huh? Yes. Here's to her. Thank you. And I'm assuming you're Rokan? That's right. Here's to Turley and Rokan. Yeah, to Turley and Rokan. Cheers. Boink. And slurp. Oh. <laughs> Delicious. This is so earthy. Yum. <laughs> <laughs> All right, both of you give me a constitution saving throw. 18. 10. Hardy Wombat. Neither of you get immediately drunk off of one porter. It doesn't alleviate any existing conditions or anything, but you guys have secured lodging, at least for now, uh, at Rokan's Respite. And that is episode 14 of The Valley of Green Gold. We couldn't have the Valley of Green Gold without our Patreon supporters. Thank you to Tactical Willow, Antarctic Pip, and Kate Slauson. You are awesome, and thank you for supporting Rated RPG. Here's to the members of the gorgeous Phoenix Brigade, John W. Mangrum, H.D. Burke, and Random.Guy. A round of Turtle Porter for my friends in the GPB, please. Dukes, Turtle and Crow provided another mysterious bit of treasure hidden in that tree. There's always a 1 in 20 chance that whatever they find is cursed. A cursed scarf? Could it be? If you want to check out the table of potentially decent random stuff, go to our website, ratedrpgpodcast.com, and click the blog. It's right there. And we replace things that have already been found. Also, in the next episode, the party may be headed to go see an NPC named Mossass to acquire some bottles. He lives in the moist lands. Thanks to Igor Vakich for submitting Mossass, but we were really sorry to hear that Igor was killed by a fire gecko while visiting Mossass in the moist lands recently. Uh, what's left of Igor is in the bucket of friends, so, you know, uh, all's well that ends well. On behalf of everyone around Ye Old Gaming Table, thank you for enjoying the Rated RPG a Podcast. <laughs>